Welcome to Accounting High. What happens is, let's say they sign on a new vendor. The vendor has the CEO's email address, and then they're just sending bills to the CEO. The CEO is then holding on to those and probably some file in their Gmail folder sorted, and then going and paying them whenever they can, depending on what cash is in the bank account. And it's not organized. It's not a way where they can actually project out and see based on individual due dates of those bills when they will have the cash to actually be able to pay them. We want to create a system so that you can see all of the liabilities that you have coming due. We can strategically make decisions what vendors we want to pay and when. And we always want to pay people at the last minute, right? We want to stretch out our cash as long as we can. If you're going to do any type of forecasting, you're going to have to be on accrual. And if you're going to be looking forward, you need to have that data. And in order to do that, you need to be on a proper accounts payable system. Check out the cash flow show. We discuss topics like getting paid on time, profitability, and managing your bottom line, payroll best practices, the best apps to use, and cash flow forecasting tools. So if you're a small business owner, your help's right around the corner. Fret not. Tune in as Scott and Nicole help you reach your goals on the cash flow show. The cash flow show. It's time for the cash flow show. What's up, Nix? What's going on, Scotty? Not much here. Just busy as always. Busy as always. So are our listeners. Everybody's busy. I hope that you've had a chance to catch up on our first four episodes. Actually, our first three plus a pilot. Today is another special installment of the cash flow show. Nix, care to tell us what we're going to be talking about today? Yes. So today we're going to be talking about why you need an accounts payable process. And on the surface, an accounts payable process might just feel like paying bills, but actually it is really the foundation for helping you build a smooth cash flow for your business. And so we're going to get into the benefits of why you need an accounts payable workflow, some of the tools you can using the process, and then how that ultimately will give you more control over your cash flow. Well, this is great because I do not have an accounts payable process for my business. And some businesses are more heavy on the AP than others. So if you have a business with inventory, you have a lot of vendors that you're probably running through your accounts payable versus a professional service business or tech company. You might have a lot of subscriptions. Yeah. But a lot of everything I have is auto pay. And usually when you're a smaller business, it's not a lot of volume, but what happens is as your business grows, the volume increases. And what we want to do is we want to get that administrative burden off of the CEO and we want to be able to delegate it, but we don't want to get in a situation where we're giving someone the keys to the castle where they can steal from you. And also we want full transparency on who and what we're paying and when and control on when that money leaves our bank account. That's the highest form of fraud is people in the payables department creating fake vendors, creating ways to pay themselves. I remember the first, my first encounter with fraud, somebody that my parents knew that worked for the WWE, they were building out 
it, this is a story that I just I'm getting into now. I'm sorry to start out like that, but they created fake vendors for themselves. I was really young when I found out about this. He created fake vendors that he was paying construction vendors paying for the build out. And I don't even, I forgot how he got caught, but it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was over a million dollars. It was a lot of money that he funneled to himself through all of these fake vendors. So obviously the WWE didn't have a very good payables process in this scenario. So maybe we'll figure out some ways to prevent fraud too with this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess let's start with why you would need a payables process. What kind of opportunities there are in the market now for setting something like this up? What types of tech tools? Where are we starting? Yeah. So a lot of times when clients come to us, when prospects come to us and they have cash flow issues, one of the first questions I will ask about is their accounts payable process. Most of the time they say what accounts payable process. And so I can easily tell by running an AP aging in their accounting software if they have any sort of AP process, because if there's no bill showing up in their AP aging, then it means that they're not entering bills into their system and tracking them. And so what happens is let's say they sign on a new vendor the vendor has the CEO's email address, and then they're just sending bills to the CEO. The CEO is then holding onto those and probably some file in their Gmail folder sorted, and then going and paying them whenever they can, depending on what cash is in the bank account. And it's not organized. It's not a way where they can actually project out and see based on individual due dates of those bills when they will have the cash to actually be able to pay them. and there's just not a system for it. So what we want to do is we want to create a system so that you can see all of the liabilities that you have coming due in the upcoming month. And then based on due date and vendor priority, we can strategically make decisions what vendors we want to pay and when. And we always want to pay people at the last minute, right? We want to stretch out our cash as long as we can. So if we have a clear view on when bills are due and what are who are our priority vendors, and we only have so much cash that we can lay out each week, we want to be really strategic with that cash. And so that's why having an accounts payable process, which we'll get into in a minute, how to set that up is important. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very important. It sounds like, I guess, how would somebody go about, like, what's the first thing to get started in something like that and creating a process for their yeah. payables? If, so, they're, if they're stuck in a situation where they're really just going by their email and what with whoever they feel like paying or whoever's the loudest. Right. So we use bill.com. There are other softwares like that, like Melio and Routable and various other ones. But Bill.com is the most well-known in our industry. I think most commonly used among our peers. But basically what Bill.com allows you also to do, it allows you to delegate the AP process to another individual while still having control over what money goes out of your bank account. So as an example, what we typically do when we work with clients is we have them set up an accounting at ABC Company dot com inbox and then we'll manage that inbox for them. So when they sign on a new vendor, we ask them to use that email address rather than the CEO's email address so things don't get bogged down. And because a lot of times we'll find that bills are going to miscellaneous people, you know, whoever signed the contract at the company, you've got bills going everywhere. So we want to route everything to one inbox. And then what our team does is once a week we go on, we'll upload all of those to bill.com. 
We'll ask any new vendors for W-9 at that time. So we're not scrambling at the end of the year to try to track down all our W-9s. And then the bookkeeper is coding the account to the accounting software. So bill.com integrates with QBO or Zero. They're coding it to the correct expense account and then assigning the owner or whoever on the client side is the approver. And so the idea is that we'll, our team will end up releasing the cash from the bank account when we end up ultimately pay it. But our team cannot release cash from the bank account and pay a bill without the owner then approving it. So the owner of the business or who, again, whoever on their side is the approver is going to log on either through the bill.com app or goes to bill.com on their computer. And they're going to have all the bills queued up, digitized, organized, so they can go through and see the image, see what bills came in and then approve them. So approving doesn't necessarily mean they're paid. That doesn't necessarily mean think of it as equivalent of like signing a check, right? So business owner, instead of signing a so check. So that other owner was just approving every single bill by signing <laughs> yeah. all the checks and giving them to the payer. <laughs> yeah. Any amount they were signing. Exactly. They're approving the bill and then that gets routed to electronically to the bookkeeper who is then going to pay the bills. But if you're in a situation where you have cash flow issues, we don't want to pay the bills all at once, right? We want to strategically right. make decisions. But what it allows us to do as the accounting team is look at all of the AP with the business owner together. And then based on what the owner is advising us saying, hey, that's a priority vendor. Let's pay them this week. This is how much cash we have. Then we're processing the payment based on those meetings that we're having with the client. That sounds pretty straightforward. How does this even help with cash management though? So it helps with cash management. So another thing that we'll do, and we can get into this more in another episode, but as part of the AP process for clients that have cash flow issues is we'll create a two-week cash flow forecast in Google Sheets. And ah. it's a day-by-day day forecast. So when we do two weeks, because typically that includes one pay period. And so what we'll do is we'll identify all the vendors that are on auto pay. So if you have vendors like your rent or utilities that automatically come out of your bank account, we identify those. And so we can forecast those coming out by the day when those will come out of your bank account. We know how much you're going to end up paying. If you have a credit card balance due, what day that typically comes out of your bank account and the dollar amount. If you have sales tax that comes out. And we know when payroll's coming out in approximately the dollar amount. Okay. So let's say over a two week period, you have, you can see by day what's coming out, everything except what's in AP. So your AP is your plug. So then we're identifying what do we have due? And then we're spreading out our bill payments over those two weeks so that no single day goes negative. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Instead of sitting down with your stack of bills and just working through them, this whole bill.com or other types of software would let you see everything and then you decide or your accountant helps decide and helps push the ones that need to get paid forward. And when you're looking at that forecast, you can see then all the auto pays and all the other stuff that's going to be coming out of your account. And it's not just playing it by the seat of your pants. This is a cruel accounting, right? Isn't that what you call it? These days, so, this isn't cash basis accounting. We're looking forward. Okay, so let's clarify. Just because you have AP and AR does not mean you're on a cruel-based accounting. And so in addition to helping with cash flow management, the benefit of it having an AP process is also the foundation for accrual accounting. Can we define accrual and cash too, just for our listeners? 
Sure. So a cash basis accounting would be you recognize revenue when money comes into your bank account and you recognize expenses when the cash goes out versus accrual accounting. You recognize revenue when you earn it, regardless of when you get paid for it. And you recognize your expenses in the period they were incurred, regardless of when you actually pay the bills. And I know this is what we're about to get into, but what is the benefits of doing accrual? Okay, so this goes back to episode number one when we are talking about margins. When we look at our profit and loss statement, we look at it month over month, we want to see consistency. So if you have a target gross profit margin of 50%, then when we look at it month over month, if it's significantly over or significantly under 50%, then we want to investigate why that is. Same with your operating expenses, right? If you have a target marketing spend of X percent, if it goes above that, we want to know why that is. And so what happens if you do cash basis accounting, let's say you do a big project for a client and you do the what we suggest and you get paid first. So you invoice them in January, but the project is really six months long. And so every month you're paying out contractors and employees to service this project well, if we look at your profit and loss statement, we're going to see on uh, this is where it gets a little confusing. So we look at it uh, when you invoiced is when it's going to show up on your accrual basis report out of QBO is going to be you know a big amount in January. And then there's going to be no revenue for the next five months, but all your expenses. And so when you look at your margins, they're going to be all wonky and all over the place. They're not going to make any sense. So if you have an advisor that comes in, you probably know what happened in your business. But if you want to work with an advisor and they come on, they're going to have no idea what's happening in your business, nor are they going to be able to advise you or help you plan for the future. In effect, it's giving you everything how it should look, not in real time or not what the cash is showing you. It's telling you what the real story is. It's spreading it out and it's giving you a lay of the land. And it's also helping you project your future cash positions. Right. And let me just clarify now, because a lot of people think in QuickBooks Online, you can toggle between cash basis and accrual basis. And they think, oh, I'm on accrual basis because I have the accrual. (laughs) I have an accrual button. But in in this case, in in that example, what you would want, if you were truly on accrual basis, you would recognize that revenue over six months. So that initial invoice would go on your balance sheet and then you divide it by six. And then therefore your revenue would align with your expenses that you're incurring month over month. So how does this all tie into AP? Let's say you weren't working with an accounting firm like Momentum and you were paying the bills on your own. And let's say you were just working with a bookkeeper and they were just doing cash basis bookkeeping. When things come to the bank account, they enter them into your accounting software. So let's say you were working with a vendor and they did the work in April So you incurred the expense in April. They finally get around to sending you an invoice in May and you pay it in June. Your cash basis bookkeeper is going to enter that expense in June, right? And they don't know where to code that. I mean, they don't don't have the copy of the invoice. They have nothing. They're just like, I see it. $10,000 payment to Scott. I know that Scott is your subcontractor. I'm going to code it in June to an expense. Professional services. Exactly. And if we get it, what we're going to do, let's say the invoice will probably be dated by you in, even though you performed the work in April, you sent the invoice in May. So you're going to incorrectly date the invoice in May. And so what we need to do to get that on a cruel basis is we see the copy of the invoice come through bill.com. We see the image. We see a description there that says April services. So we're going to date the invoice in April. 
And then because we dated in April, based on the description, not the date of the invoice, it's going to hit your profit and loss statement in April, which should coincide with when you earn the revenue, right? Is that making sense? Revenue yeah, matches expenses. Usually on invoices, there's like three dates or three things that are important, I guess. There's the date that it was sent, the date that it's due, and then the date that the services are being rendered. Is that right? Exactly. And so on a cruel basis, we need to actually read the description and understand when the services were actually performed. And then there's also the due date, right? Yeah. And a cash basis, it's just whenever it left the account. Mm -hmm. That's the date that matters. Or you might get a lot of bookkeepers that maybe you do have an AP process and you have a bookkeeper doing it, but they don't understand accrual accounting. So they're going to date that invoice in May. And this is why having a controller, and, and I do a lot of content around what a controller does. A lot of people don't understand what a controller does. A controller is the person that will manage this process so that you can be on a cruel basis. So they may manage a bookkeeper and say, hey, bookkeeper, you dated this the wrong day. You need to go back and redate that. It, within an accounting department, you have various levels of people. And if you, the owner, are relying on an inexperienced bookkeeper who doesn't understand accrual, you'll look at your PL and you'll be like, why is my margins all over the place? But you won't be able to go correct the problem because you're not an accountant. That's why you need the controller in between you and the bookkeeper. Yeah. And also a lot of owners sometimes have control issues and they want to control every part of the process. By giving up control to a controller, you're <laughs> giving them control over the process. And as the owner, you can now relax and take your foot off of the gas a little bit. Not off the gas, but get out of the driver's seat in some of these scenarios because it's probably holding you back. You're probably getting in the way of a lot of these processes and a lot of the stuff of your maybe your business growing because you're holding on. And the last thing I'll add about all, all of this is now the beauty of all this, now that we've got all this sorted out, what we can start doing is forecasting and planning. So we can start doing cash flow forecasting, we can start doing PL forecasting and building a business plan because we have consistency across our profit and loss statement and we have consistency across our cash flow forecasting for your future fortunes as a business owner and that gives you the ability to do that you wouldn't be able to forecast without an ap process and without some kind of system around this that's exactly right. And a lot of people think that the finance function and the accounting function are independent. And the challenge that a lot of CFOs have, you know, there's a lot of fractional CFOs and they'll come on to a new client and they can't do their job because the accounting isn't tight because there's not these systems in place. And so they have to spend a lot of time training or redesigning the accounting function, which is expensive when you're paying a CFO, you know, two, $300 an hour for them to be managing the accounting department. And so that's one, one of the values we add is we come on and we do it right. And we have the system, we've done it a hundred times, done it 200 times, and we can just take that off of everybody else's plate. So again, you're taking on and controlling the whole system. Owners exactly. giving up control. They're giving up control, but not transparency. It's even better as these things play out. In the beginning, it's tough though, right? To set something up like this, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So expect it to be a bit of a process to get over it on the other side. How long does it usually take to set up an AP process for a new client that doesn't have anything in place? Yeah, the actual setups, like the software setups, not that time consuming. The most difficult part is the vendor management because one thing I didn't mention is the way that bill.com processes 
payments. And so let's say you've got some vendors you pay by check, some vendors you pay by ACH prebill.com, right? So you're sending things from the bank account and you're writing checks and mailing them. Well, bill.com can handle check payments and they call e-payments. So what happens, like, let's say your vendor only accepts check, bill.com can still accommodate that. What they do is they pull money from your bank account and then someone in, I call it bill.com land because I don't know where they are, but they're some check processing center. They're processing the check on your behalf and then mailing it to the client. And so the biggest pushback we get are a couple of things. One is the vendor doesn't trust bill.com. So they don't want to like accept the e-payment option. So the e-payment's like the ideal option because they get paid by basically ACH. If they receive an email that says, enter your bank information, we'll pay you electronically. Some of them don't trust it. So they're like, we're not going to do that. And then the lead time on payment because bill.com pulls money from your bank account and then they process the payment from their bank account. It has to clear multiple bank accounts. And so Sometimes it can take five business days or there, and if there's a weekend in between, it feels like a really long time from when you process the payment to when the vendor receives it. And some, there's a little bit of an adjustment there for the vendors and our clients that we have to work through. So we like to send out when we're coming on to a new client, we have a draft like communications they can send out to their vendors and their employees, both internally and externally to let them know this is our new process. We're working with a new accounting team, blah, 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 just to be a little proactive on the communication side. So for the owner that is, and I'm now getting back into mindset too, because I think that's another thing that takes some time is for them to adjust. Giving up control is hard for a lot of people and they may be concerned about fraud and other types of embezzlement and other things that could happen when they give up control. Handing it off to somebody is difficult. What are some tips or things you can tell them to ease their mind? Yeah. So sometimes our clients are so used to doing things the way they've always done it. They think of certain vendors were like, well, can we go on their portal and pay it here? Or can we still send this one a check or X, Y, Z? And everything has to be routed through bill.com in some way or other. We will not pay it if it's external. So that's something that the owner should be thinking about is there's never a situation where you want to allow somebody to be able to move money from your bank account. There's not a multi-step approval process. And the multi-step approval process prevents fraud. And that's the beauty of bill.com is it sets up an approval process that's not so like admin heavy because a lot of times with banks, these old banks, all the steps and hoops you have to go through, a lot of our clients they love it because they can go be on vacation and traveling. They don't have to come back. They're not restricted to coming to their desk and signing a stack of checks. A lot of them, they, they're used to going, they have to go in their office and sign these checks every week. Now they can be in Cabo and on their phone and approving bills. And that's really, once they can reach that point, they love it. It's just getting over the initial change management is sometimes challenging. Or on ayahuasca in Costa Rica. <laughs> exactly. We were proving all the bills. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking of fraud, you know, one thing that we see a lot of is email spoofing. So someone that, let's say you're an in-house controller, you send wires and you get what looks to be like your CEO asking you to send a wire and here's the wire information. We do not want to be sending out payments via the bank 
for somebody emailing. And we've had that happen with our clients that they're like, hey, I'm traveling. I can't approve the bill. They've actually been reading our clients' emails, spoofing them and saying, hey, I need you to send this for me. I can't approve it in bill.com right now. Can you do that? And like, obviously we're like, no, absolutely not. But I see it happen with internal accounting departments all the time. Also be clear that bill.com changed their name to bill. And if we were referring to bill this whole time, it would get ultra confusing because last week we had Sam on. (laughs) We had a bunch of bills. It's not going to be, but bills, it makes sense. Like we're talking about paying bills and bill is a personification of the bills that you're paying, I guess. I don't know why yeah. they changed their names to the .com, but I think it's a more trendy thing to get rid of the .com now. People, well, .com I still, isn't always a, yeah. I still do .com too because it's super confusing. And if I'm sending it in an email, I'm linking bill.com anyway. So I'm like, I might as well just put the bill.com. Oh, yeah. If you put the <laughs> .com, it turns it into a hyperlink anyway. And it, it still goes to bill.com. Like they may have dropped the .com from their name, but if you typed in bill.com, it's still going to go there. Uh, Nicole, how long have you been using bill.com? Do you trust them? Yeah, we've been, I've been using bill.com since I worked at my old firm. So probably eight eight or nine years. Yeah. I remember you talking about them, one of our first expats and you were complaining about them at the time. Do you have any complaints about bill.com? Do they work seamlessly? Is it, is Um, there... You know, there's, it's not super sleek. Like it's not a modern interface. They did like a redo of the interface several years ago and it looked like they went back in time 20 years. So I didn't love that, but you know, it gets the job done and it is one of the most commonly used. A lot of good, (laughs) trustful platforms are not sexy. They're functional. They work, they work great, but they just don't have a new fresh look to them. They're not like these new fancy AI chatbots that are just clean you know you just type in a few things and you're getting all this information back this is structured systems but with that comes trust too usually when i see some archaic systems that people have been using for years i tend to trust it more too yeah and there's a big network now where people are connected to the bill.com networks like so many people are on it but i will say i wouldn't recommend self-implementing bill.com if you're not an accountant because we have had clients that have self-implemented and they just do the bill.com part, but they don't do the integration with QBO or they try the integration and then it's a disaster. So they disconnect it. So when I advise people, I tell them about bill.com, they're like, oh yeah, well, we're going to do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't try to do it yourself. If you are in a situation where you are very constrained on cash and you cannot pay somebody to do your accounting for you and you're trying to do it yourself, you can still have an AP process with just in QuickBooks Online or Zero, So what you would do in that case is you would upload, there's an, you know, you can add a bill in QuickBooks Online. You can save a digital copy of the bill against it. And then maybe you're paying the bill out of your bank account, ACH or check, which I don't recommend. But if you have to, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then you're marking it as paid in QBO. So you can still start the AP process. It just wouldn't be that digitized sleek process that I was talking about with bill.com. Okay. Yeah. And there are other options out there, but if you choose to work with Momentum, you're going to be using Bill. Yeah. No questions asked. Like if they want to use something else, would you even go with it? Um, so I tend to be open-minded if it is something that my peers think is best in class. So we have we had a CFO that wanted to use Melio because that's what he was familiar with. I went and checked with my peers. Everyone's like, 
thumbs down. So I push back on that one. And you know, at the end of the day, we want our team to feel comfortable with the tools that they're using and the client's going to have a better experience when our team's more confident. So uh, most of the time, no, unless it's a software that I'm like, this is up and coming. It's a new software that everyone's raving about. Let's try it out because we believe in it. But other than that, no, we try to stick to the tools that we know are the best. And at the end of the day, one is orange and one is purple. And which which color screams trust, right? I, I don't know if either of those really do. Those are no. also awful colors when you combine them. Yeah, yeah. I can't do think you, of any brands. Yeah, no. Scott, do you guys do any bill pay services for your clients? Absolutely not. No. Okay, so. We that- do payroll. But that's a whole other episode. We're going to talk about that another day. That's the bill that I consider that we pay. We don't <laughs> do any other bill pay. Yeah. So that's one thing to just clarify. When people are looking for a resource on the bookkeeping and accounting side is if you are a small business and you just need to get your tax return filed and kind of do cash basis transactions, you don't need all of this other things that I'm talking about. We're working with clients that are growing, that are bigger, that have more operational needs. And I also want to clarify that when I say cash and accrual, a lot of people think that that's how they file their tax return too, because what we do is we help our clients get onto a accrual basis to manage their business. And then really it's the tax accountant's job to get that back to cash basis in order to file the tax return. So most small businesses are not filing on a accrual basis. It's very rare. Most people would prefer being on a cash basis because it's not until you're over a certain threshold that you have to do accrual. And that threshold is it's very large. Like there, you know, most businesses that we work with it aren't approaching that. So. Right. So, so I just want people to know that like your financials are for you to make business decisions. And so you can do them however you want. Most people aren't on gap basis. It's really like a tool that you should use to run your business and your t- it's your tax accountant's job to get them back to cash basis so that you can file your tax return on cash basis. Right. Right. That's one thing that we discuss a lot at accounting high at, and we talk about the difference between the cash and accrual and the need for it. And if you're going to do any type of forecasting, you're going to have to be on accrual. And if you're going to be looking forward, you need to have that data. And in order to do that, you need to have, be on a proper accounts payable system. You got it. Anything else to share with our listeners? Like, subscribe to our show, The Cash Flow Show. If you want more tips, you can subscribe to Momentum's newsletter to get the latest tips and insights. And follow Nick's on LinkedIn. Yeah, Nicole McKenzie, Nicole with a K. And if you like this show and you didn't fall asleep yet, we'd love it if you'd leave a review. Five-star yeah, review. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is sleepy time for a lot of people unless you are in need of it. And if you need <laughs> some cash flow help, you're not falling asleep on that because you can't sleep at night because your bank account is so low and you, you need some security, you need some safety, you need an accountant. Yeah, no, it's definitely sleepy stuff, but it's important stuff. It's foundational and you don't need to know how to do it, but you need to understand why it's important and get the right people to help you out. You wish you could sleep at night. And once you get put in a better position, (laughs) this stuff will put you to sleep because you won't have to pay attention to it anymore. There you go. We're helping people sleep at night in more ways than one. More ways than one. Thanks, Nix. All right. See it. Peace out, homies.